Well, welcome back to the Bushnell Project. John Bushnell here, and here we are on June the 10th, 2020. I don't even know what day of the pandemic we're on anymore. But that seems to have taken a back seat for many other things that are going on. Uh, most, uh, the, obviously the big thing, the big obvious thing, the big elephant in the middle of the room is what's going on with in Minneapolis and Black Lives Matter. And this, all of this uh, reconciliation, dealing with racism and all of the things going on around our country and even other parts of the world. And so I want to speak to that a little bit without getting on a soapbox if I'm able to do that. And I want to couch it with a, a couple of observations that I've made really for half a decade or almost half a decade back when the Ferguson thing happened and Black Lives Matter was around then. And my feeling then and my feeling now is, and, and there, these are feelings, and feelings can sometimes be um, skewed. So we should always let our feelings come along for the ride. They shouldn't be the things that drive us, right? And But we are human, and so we've been given these feelings so back in those days, I, I really felt that a big part of the issue was we had a part, we do have a part of our population, we have many parts of our population, as does any culture in any part of the world, that does not feel like they have a voice. They do not feel like they're heard. And that they they wanted to be able to be heard, to be to sit down with the right people, people in power and people in authority, and so when people in power or people in authority take advantage of you or do you wrong or what you feel like they've done you wrong, it's very hard to justify that. It's very hard to leverage because you don't have power or you don't feel like you have power. And it's, it's the bully, right? The bully that comes on the playground and messes around with kids and no one feels like they have a leverage against the bully or the bully teacher, whatever that might be. And so there's a there's a book by James Patterson, Dr. James uh, Peterson, sorry, Dr. James Peterson, Why Don't We Listen Better? And in it, he has this theory that when we get emotionally upset, that it's like there is an explosion in our stomach that sends our heart up into our brain and it flattens our brain. And we no longer hear correctly we don't see straight and we say things that we might later regret we're not thinking straight and he's he makes some very very good points has some great illustrations i would highly recommend it for anybody especially if you're in the counseling world or you should be someone who listens better that would be a lot of us we probably all should get better at listening and so coming at it from that angle i want to just help us all to sit back as christian men we really need to be good at listening, listening to the other people in our lives and hear them correctly. This is what I hear you saying and getting the affirmation back. Yes, that's what I'm saying. And so, you know, if you've never been in a foreign country, if you've never been in a position where you were bullied, if you've never been in a position where just because of the color of your skin that you were ridiculed, that you were ostracized, that you were made to feel less than human, then then you probably really don't know what some of these people are talking about and the things that they go through. 
And so I've I've lived in other countries. I didn't I was not born here in the United States. And I've been bullied, but I've been bullied on other soil as well. And so I understand the enemy we're really up against. My enemy is not is not flesh and blood. So as I speak to Christian men, I want to remind us of of what God tells us in his word. So from Ephesians starting at verse 10, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might, put on a whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities, against the against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So there's a battle going on even in the heavenly places, and we're called to stand against it. We're not called to wrestle and fight against flesh and blood. So that means I my fight is not with my my fellow brothers and sisters. My fight is not with this party or that party, my fight is really on my knees before the throne of God fighting through prayer. And, and, and Ephesians chapter 6 verses 10 through 20 is all about that spiritual warfare, what actually happens in prayer. And so I want to encourage us as men, men of God, to really realize where we're at fault here. So if if you see something that's not right. There's been a couple of times when I've been driving through a city or walking through the city and I see something that's happening. It's, it's not right. And I go and I interfere. And that that can be dangerous. But I, I cannot walk away from it. I feel like I'm, I'm the kind of guy that runs toward the fire. I run toward the noise. I, I run to the fight. Not because I'm looking for a fight. I just... When I see injustice, I want to do something about it. I want there to be justice. Our God is a God of justice. And so if we're going to say, hey, we need to preach the gospel, but we're not going to do anything about injustice, then then we are wrong. Back in the 1700s, uh, right around our, our Revolutionary War, there was, a, there was a British politician that often gets quoted, and I don't think he actually said this, but he gave a sermon on the floor of parliament and he was he was opposed to a lot of things that were going on and he said in in the essence of his sermon is where he gets the the credit for the quote the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing Edmund Burke so Edmund Burke says a sermon preaches a long long sermon and somebody, I probably put it in a nutshell. This is basically what he said. And then he gets the credit for it. But it's true. We cannot stand around and do nothing. We must stand up for what we know is right. The rule of law, that we, we, get, we get the law from God and then from it we have built on it. And generation after generation, we've tried to look at what's right, what's wrong, how do we do this better, and build on that. But when we ignore something because... Well, we don't want to ruffle those feathers or maybe we've been compromised. So let's say I've been caught lying and I know what it's like to get caught lying. And so I don't I don't like that feeling of being caught. And so then I find somebody else is lying and I don't want them to feel like I did. So I let them get away with lying 
and then I do some more lying that I get away with. Well, now I've compromised my integrity. I'm no longer truthful and I no longer can stand for truth. So then when somebody else gets caught lying, a big lie about something, that we don't stand up against it. Why? Because we feel like, we feel like, oh, I can't stand against that. So there are many people who are fearful for standing up because of that. And uh, many, for instance, many men that don't want to stand up against abortion. Why? Well, because, well, because we're men, we're not women. And many whites that don't stand up against racism, against racism pointed specifically toward African-Americans. Why? Because they're not African-American. We need a, that's not manly. <laughs> that's just wimping out. We got to stand up for truth. We need to stand up for absolute. Now here's to my liberal friends. You know, as many people say, there's no, there's no absolute truth. Well, this is where that leads. It leads to a lack of of clear understanding of one another. It leads to a foundation that's too shaky. And so now no one can stand, right? So we need to say there are some absolute truths. One of the absolute truths is that there there is injustice in our world. And there are people who get away with it. They get away with it. Therefore, there's not justice. If one person is allowed to get away with it because of their position or because of the color of their skin or because of their money, then we don't have a fair justice system. We have a lack of justice. And we need to cry out against that. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter the position you hold. It doesn't matter the color of your skin. The rule of law needs to stand for everyone. And when it doesn't, then there are those who are feeling the way they do. And even God's word tells us that God hears those who are oppressed. And their voices cry out to him. So the oppressed are crying out in the church is doing little to nothing. Now, some parts of the church sometimes overreact and they they step in and they really enable uh, certain some people to to not actually grow through it. A lot of times we help. We have every since we're sincere. We want to help, so we step up to help, and then we actually end up hurting. So we Christians we need to be thinkers. We need. We need to understand that I'm not going to, I cannot feel the way other people feel. And just because I can't feel the way they feel, that doesn't mean that I can't become a part of the solution. We all need to step up and be a part of the solution. And there's a lot of things being said. This is a solution. We need to do this. We need to do that. I'm like, no, that's, that doesn't lead us down the right trail. Here's what we need to do. We need to step back all of us for a minute. Now let this flat brain syndrome go away. <laughs> we need to get our senses back and then come back to the table. We need to send leaders that are stable, honorable uh, men and women from both sides to come to the table. And I think this is all some really want, but they never get it. They didn't get it four years ago. And now they're like, what's going on? And so regardless of whether four years ago, what happened in Ferguson that Regardless of whether the, how the police officer there was, uh, you know, he got his, his, he got his day in court, right? And if I'm remembering right, the jury found that he was not guilty uh, because the, the young man came at him. It was actually uh, witnesses, I guess, I don't know, I wasn't in the trial, but from what I remember was that he was physical toward the officer and the officer felt his life in danger. So he was allowed to use in that case, deadly force. Uh, 
what didn't happen out of all that was that those the African-American community there in Ferguson did not feel they were heard. No one came to them and said, look, regardless of this, there are obvious circumstances where you guys feel that you are treated differently than those who are not African-American. And so we need, we need to address that. We didn't then. And then when this happened in Minneapolis, it was like, see, here we go again, right? Now, if I'm just judging by the nine-minute video, wow, that's horrendous. It's it's a terrible thing. No one, that, that should not happen to anyone. I totally agree with that. Now, I don't know all the circumstances, and I know people in law enforcement, I've dealt with high-stress situations. It does not justify what happened, but we don't know all, everything. So not... What I, what I do want to say is what we saw is injustice. The fireman, there's a fireman that comes up, a female fireman starts to talk to them, and then she gets distracted and doesn't keep stepping in. That's me. I'm stepping in and saying, don't make me remove you from his neck. You can't do that. You got a guy on his back even, if I, if I understand this right, a man with his a knee in his back, so he can't really breathe. He's having a hard time filling his lungs. And then the other guy on his neck, which could be cutting off the blood circulation to his brain. So it's a it's a really bad situation. And how how you know, but I don't I wasn't there. I wasn't there. I'm just but I am I get the rage. I totally get the rage. And I'm not sure that I would have kept my cool had I been there. So as a man, I and I am imperfect in many ways, as a man of God. I want to wrestle against the real enemy and I want to be clear. I want to, I want to be, I want to have my full brain functioning. I don't want all my emotions choking out my ability to think. Does that make sense? And so as we, as we renew our mind by the reading of God's word and getting to, Hey, you know, submit to one another, love one another, uh, you know, be, Love those who, who who hate you. Do not hate. Do not hate. The New Testament is full of do not hate. If you hate your brother, you've committed murder. So we we as Christian men, we have got to rise up regardless of the color of our skin, regardless of where we are in, in society. We need to stand up for justice for what is right. As I travel traveled around the world, I've seen lots of injustice and it is heart-wrenching to see how powerful, financially very influential people of all colors ruling in their different parts of the world bring about injustice on people. Billions of people on this planet are in slavery. They barely get paid and they have to work six, seven days a week just to survive. And what do we do? What do we do? We don't do anything. We love our comforts that we have here in the United States of America, while others all around the world are literally, well, some are starving to death and others are barely making it. Now, many of them are very, very happy and content. Why? Because they have Jesus, right? We have Jesus and we're not content because we don't have the newest car or the newest iPhone or whatever it might be, or somebody else got the promotion at work and we didn't, or they got to do this and I didn't. Or they have this, or they. We're chasing worldly dreams when 
we're supposed to promoting be promoting the kingdom of heaven and and loving promoting love and so here we are in this world in this environment where we have all this hatred and we as as the gospel centered church the of Jesus Christ the Jesus freaks of this world we have got to rise up and fight the good fight and we need to do it in a way that is just and merciful and kind and loving and the only fingers we need to be pointing at is either at ourselves or at the enemy and we need to be on our knees before the lord and asking for wisdom on father give me wisdom jesus you know give me wisdom give me insight how do i go about this moment how do i go about this hour how do I go about this day communicating my heart, communicating your heart, you know, help me to press forward in, in the way you want me to go. Help me not to lean on my own understanding, but in all my ways to acknowledge you. For this is the day, Lord, that you have made. Help me to rejoice and be glad in it and help me to be an instrument of love, an instrument of peace, to bring joy to others by proclaiming the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and standing up for righteousness. Standing up for righteousness. And so when we see an injustice happening, we need to stand up against it. If we've been unjust, if we have done wrong, we need to for, we need to ask for forgiveness. We need to repent and we need to go and ask for forgiveness. And even if that was just in our head and in our thoughts, we need to realize, take every thought captive and go and deal with it. So if I have a bad thought about my neighbor, I need to deal with it. And I need to go and confess that to my neighbor. And so how good have we been loving our neighbors? I would say probably not really great. How good are we at fighting injustice? We're really bad at that. We are really bad at that. And how good are we at listening we're really bad at that too. So let's work on these areas where we're bad that need to improve. Let's improve our listening. Listen, improve our repenting of our thoughts and our evil ways. Let's fight the good fight by praying, by being our knees, on our knees before our Lord and repenting and, and then standing up against injustice standing up against injustice and and so there's a lot of things we can't do for lots of places in the world and for other parts of our country and maybe even other parts of your state but in your neighborhood and in your town or city you can do something about it so be in prayer let's let's cry out to God to heal our nation but let's heal it with love with with the light of Jesus Christ with a unified church that stands up for justice and for mercy. And let's saturate our daily lives with the Bible and with the worship of the one true God in Christ Jesus, that God the Father, would, who is going to and fro, looking for those who worship Him in spirit and truth, would see us and find us worshiping Him in spirit and truth, that He would find our families worshiping Him in spirit and truth, and that He would see us uniting that he would strengthen his church, and that he would help us to win the good fight. God bless you guys. Thank you for listening to my 
ramblings. I hope some of this is helpful in bringing about uh, less flat brains and more listening and us moving toward justice. We've got to move toward justice because our God is a God of justice. God bless you guys. Talk to you soon.